Good morning, good afternoon, Richmond, Virginia. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. It is Tuesday, October 31st, and happy Halloween to all of the members of the AWOD Army driving around RVA right now. And let me start by saying this. If your house was TP'd last night, I want to personally apologize. If your house was egged, if your mailbox was kicked, I would like to personally apologize. Not for last night, but growing up, I partook in Mischief Night over and over again. A.K.A. the night before Halloween. Some called it Hollow's Eve. We called it Fright Night in Barrington, where I grew up in Fairfax Station. Kids would go around the neighborhood hunting for damage, trying to get into some mischief. So... If you were unfortunate to have that happen to your house last night, I want to apologize on behalf of all the kids. Just wanted to get into some trouble, and we're trying to be cool. I don't condone what was done, but I also know that don't be too upset with kids just being kids. Stub producing the show today. Did you ever get into mischief night? No. Never. Never. No. <laughs> really? So we would go out, and it, it is you've have you even heard of the term October thirtieth? No, 30th? this, is, this really? is new. I've never heard of mischief night. My goodness, night. you had a terrible childhood. <laughs> So every year, October 30th, you would go out around midnight and you would go into your parents' fridge and take as many eggs as you could without them noticing, go to the bathroom in the basement, steal as much rolls of toilet paper as possible, and you'd walk around the neighborhood, and if you saw a house with no lights on, that meant, oh, they're sleeping, we can attack. And so we would, uh, I mean, we were pegging eggs at front doors, at windows, and, um, like I said, kicking mailboxes and throwing toilet paper around left and right. I was a bad kid, and yeah. I, I had to serve Saturday detention several times. <laughs> but you know what? It was a ton of fun, um, and uh, we always did it. It was just a thing. Every October 30th, mischief night, you could see me sneaking out from midnight to 2 a.m. From between the ages of probably 13 to 19. Yeah, I don't know anyone that did that. Really? This is all new to me. Man, you grew up sheltered, dude. I, <laughs> I mean, maybe. Really? Like, relatively. Did you ever sneak out of the house? No. Oh, my goodness. I never had any... What? I had never I never wanted to. Dude, oh, I was sneaking out every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. I didn't night. have anything to sneak out for. Well, that's the thing. You didn't have anything to do. You just kind of no, snuck I, out I'd, to I'd be I'd out. To... You just wanted to be out and, and check out the full moon. Right? Oh, I just had to ask. <laughs> you, like you said I, to ask? Oh, no. So yeah. my in our household, it was my dad would go to sleep early. My mom would stay up and watch TV. But if I went down to the basement, I could sneak out the window of the basement and be back in by the time she went to sleep at 2 a.m. And I never got caught uh, until I talked about it on the radio. She'd be like, hey, I'm going to head out. And they'll be like, okay. No. Like, no. I, <laughs> but part of it was you had to sneak. Like I was doing, I swear to God, I would put a pillow in my bed and make it look like a head. <laughs> All right? I was doing the bit like out of the movies. Like, Yes, with my lights <laughs> off, I thought about recording myself no snoring. Way that worked. <laughs> yeah, believe me, it did. Because one time I got caught, my mom said, "There's no way." I walked in his room and I saw a head in there. I saw a head on the pillow. Believe me, I got caught. We went to the Giants at 4 a.m. on one mischief night. It was bad. Giants not open late. We we all just wanted some Gatorade, <laughs> you know. Um, but so I had a lot of fun growing up with mischief night, and uh, my dad was listening to the show. And when I told him I was dressing up for Halloween, he was like, "Oh." Audience is going to think you're such a child for dressing up. But here we are. I'm 30 years old, and I dressed up to be a pirate today, Stub. And we took our Odyssey uh, Richmond photo. You decided not to, to dress up today. I, I didn't even think about it. Like, the thought didn't cross my mind. Really? Yeah, I didn't know. I, I, I didn't hear anyone talk about it. So I just kind of, I don't you know. Are, you know what? I'll give you credit. You, this is your first year. 
Last year, we went all out and everyone dressed up and took a photo. Did you dress up in college? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is just first job out of college. You try to be oh, not to class, not to class. Oh, really? No, no. I don't know anyone that did, which is crazy because I was oh, a theater man. major. So, so we would dress expect... up in a banana costume every year and in at VCU and we would extend it every year as uh, more bits. Right? So the first year was just a banana. Second year, banana with sunglasses. Third year, banana, sunglasses and Mickey Mouse gloves. Fourth year, we got these weird clown shoes to go with it. And everyone loved it. We were the Banana yeah, Boys. Yeah, yeah, the Banana Boys. The Banana Boys. Yeah. yeah. I posted that on my Instagram if you want to see that throwback <laughs> pick. It's at AWOD Radio, A-W-A-D-D-R-A-D-I-O. But, of course, there is breaking news to start the show today. The Commanders and the Chicago Bears have agreed to a trade that is expected to send defensive end Montez Sweat to Chicago for a 2024 second-round pick. Per sources, per sources, Sweat is in the last year of his contract, and the Commanders are opting for a draft pick now. Chicago beefs up his line, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. I'm not surprised about this trade. We all thought it was going to either be Chase Young or Montez Sweat. I was way leaning towards it being Montez Sweat after he came out and told reporters, yeah, I'd like to be here in Washington, but it's a business. I know it's a business. And uh, to me, that was very telling. And then Rivera always awkward with the media, said yesterday, yeah, we'll have something to talk about tomorrow after 4 p.m. A.K.A. we're absolutely going to make a trade before the 4 o'clock deadline. And it might not be just one trade. Several teams have asked about Chase Young, Jonathan Allen as well with a Jay Glazer report. The teams would be interested in him. So it feels like this is a commander's team with Josh Harrison, the owner, now taking over for Dan Snyder, who wants to be sellers for a few of their pieces that are upcoming free agents, I don't think the season is over. I said it yesterday. I'm going to say it again today. I strongly believe the Commanders can win this Sunday and could go on a three-game win streak. I saw enough offensively to feel like they can win these games uh, against not the best opponents in the National Football League. Patriots are having a down year. If you put up 31, almost guaranteed a victory. Uh, but it, it is interesting to see the Commanders make the move today, sending Montez Sweat to Chicago. Not sure why Chicago wants to bolster their defensive line when they are going to have to work out a contract with him. And they're also not very good this season. Yes, they beat Washington, but they've lost so many games. It's not like they're going to be in the playoff hunt, so that must be a big move for their future uh, I guess they hope to extend Montez Sweat to a long-term contract. But, of course, well, you know how we like to start the show by catching up on anything you might have missed around the sports world that's not the sports wallet, definitely not the sports phone. It's time for the Sports App. Here it is, everybody. Sports app. Clearly, this is the future. Stats, scores, highlights. Whoa, are you serious? Wi-Fi plus 3G, 64 This one, this one. The Sports App. So we'll be covering the NFL throughout the day today with the 4 p.m. deadline, but we start the sports app with the NBA. A couple really good games last night, including the Mavericks against the Grizz and Luka Doncic. He just makes it look so easy. He moves at his own pace around the court. He's got this unbelievable European style of basketball uh, where he's got Euro steps, one-footed jump shots, step backs, runners, all that good stuff. And Luka knocks down this big shot in the fourth quarter as the Mavs went on to defeat the Grizz, 125-110. to And I love how the radio network for the Dallas Mavericks is 97-1, the freak. 
10 to shoot. Cleave with the screen and the slip. Now the switch by Williams on the Luka. Williams, as Luka crosses over left to right, Luka got in the lane, and Luka should have been called for an offensive foul for a clear out. Instead, he's able to hit a little runner in the lane. We move over to 98.5, the sports hub, as the Washington Wizards were blown out last night by the Boston Celtics. Very disappointing game as a Wizards fan. They gave up more than 40 points in the fourth quarter. Could not get a defensive stop. That's what it came down to. Yeah, they could score a little bit, and Jordan Poole could hit some shots. Kuzma could hit some shots. But they could not stop the Celtics as Jalen Brown connects on this three-point shot in the second quarter, extending the Celtics' lead as they would go on to win 126-107. to Jalen, pull-up three is good. Timeout, West on Celtics. Celtics defending, and they are scoring in transition, and they are raining down an ugly night here on the Wizards on their home floor. It's 73-39. to Yeah, embarrassing game for the Wiz at home as Giannis and the Bucks had a really close battle with the Miami Heat. Possibly competition we'll see once again in the postseason as Giannis makes this driving layup in the fourth quarter as the Bucks go on to win by eight, 122-114. to 114. Here's the call on WTMJ. Martin as well. Here's a drive. Giannis down the lane. Counter with a foul as he takes it right, or, right at Orlando Robinson and lays it in. He'll have a chance at a free throw to cap the play. So just tell the big fella to run north and south, and now can he cap the three-point play at the free throw line? Lakers magic, close game throughout all fourth quarters. Uh, all four quarters came down to the wire as point guard D'Angelo Russell pulled up from long range, nails this three-point shot as the Lakers defeat the Magic 106-103. Here's the call on 7:10 a.m. ESPN. No one is sitting at Crypto.com Arena. Anthony Davis has the ball, throws it opposite side. Christian Wood to D'Angelo Russell for three. Got it. Huge three by Russell, and it's turned into a three-point shootout. Over to the NFL. Monday night football. Lions against the Vegas Raiders. And unless you've been following the NFL really closely, you would not know who the NFL's leading tight end is in yards, catches, and touchdowns. It's not Travis Kelsey. It's not George Kittle. It's not Mark Andrews. No, it's Lions tight end Sam Laporta as he catches this 18-yard pass from Jared Goff in the second quarter. Lions would go on to defeat the Raiders 26-14. First and 10 from the 18 of the Raiders. Goff's going to work out of the gun. He's got Gibbs to his right. Goff takes the snap back and looking, wants to throw, does, deep middle, caught, Laporta, inside the five, to the end zone, touchdown Detroit Lions! Lions might be the team to beat here in the NFC, and we move over to Major League Baseball, October Baseball, Playoff Baseball, and the World Series as Corey Seager hits this home run to right field, scoring a teammate there in the top of the third as the Rangers would go on to take the series lead after defeating the Diamondbacks 3-1. Here's the call on KRLD. Here's Corey Seager who swings and drives one deep to right. It sails way out of here. Corey Seager with a line drive home run. A good dozen rows into the seats and right. He's given Texas a 3-0 lead. 
So we got a lot to get to on the show today. Phone lines are open, as always, 833-804-0910. If you're getting in, into anything crazy in Richmond tonight, give me a call. Happy Halloween, 833-804-0910. Are you surprised the Commanders traded Montez Sweat? That's the question of the day coming up at 1 p.m. on the Richmond Commander, 833-804-0910. Mike Barber will join us at 1230 to go around the ACC. And Lane Casadante to run around local sports in Richmond, Virginia at 1.30. You're listening to AWOD on the fan. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back. This is some spooky music, that's for sure, Stuff. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Happy Halloween to everybody here in Richmond, Virginia. Stay locked to 910 The Fan for all the latest news on the Washington Commanders and the 4 p.m. trade deadline. As already, one trade has been made. The Bears in for Montez Sweat to Chicago for a 2024 second-round pick per sources. Adam Schefter reports, of course, Sweat was in the final year of his contract, and the Commanders are opting for a draft pick now. Uh, Josh Harris makes his first major move as the owner of the Washington Commanders. And joining us right now, the host of MP on the mic and also the Commanders beat writer for the Washington Times right now, it's Michael Phillips. What's going on, MP? Keep him busy. I've got, I've got some Mischief Night stories for you too, but, but on this sweat deal, I, I mean, I, I think this is a win. I, I think an early second-round pick, you pick it early on Friday night, and if they don't make that pick, they can use it to move up in the first round if they want, if they've got their eye on somebody. Uh, and want to slide up a few picks. I, I see a lot of upside here. So, Michael, obviously I started the show yesterday by saying, I'm not giving up on this team. I saw a lot that I liked offensively, and I'm crazy enough to protect we win the next three games, but that's my opinion. What does this trade make you think about Josh Harris's opinion of this team? I, I really honestly believe, and, and we'll report this out over the course of the day, I believe this was a Ron Rivera trade. I think Ron Rivera orchestrated this. Uh, he, he's declared a commitment to doing what's best for the franchise and best for the team long term. And I think he understands that's what this is. Now, I also think that Jack Del Rio's system here on the defensive line, he has not been getting as much out of these guys as he wants. So I, I think if you ask Montez Sweat, obviously he's very comfortable in D.C. He enjoys playing with Chase Young. I think this is a great opportunity for him to go earn some coin, too. I don't know that it changes my forecast. I agree with you. I think they're about to go on a run. I think they're absolute contenders. I don't think this fundamentally changes a lot in terms of how I view this year's edition of the Commanders. Yeah, but I, I kind of agree with you with this being a Ron trade here. I mean, we've heard Ron say multiple times, you know, it's all about playing the system. I mean, that's why he did the do-your-job sign outside of the locker room. Jack Del Rio has said the same thing, that some guys are not playing in his system. They're free-balling, and we even heard Chase Young's dad. On these airwaves yesterday, call in to Grant and Danny and speak with Grant Polson, and he said, Chase can't get sacks every play when they've got to play in Jack's system. So do you think this move is Ron saying, hey, you know, Montez Sweat isn't doing what we want him to do in this system. We can get more from Casey Tuhill, F.A. Obata, or some of these other smaller-name guys. Look at this defense historically. Look at when they've produced, and it hasn't been when Chase Young and Montez Sweat have been out there. You look at last year, that, that little stretch that people point to, oh, look at it, look what this defense can be. Um, they, they did that with one star defensive end during that stretch with just Montez Sweat. 
I, I don't see this fundamentally changing Jack Del Rio's system. I think there's another discussion we need to have about whether Jack Del Rio should have changed his system to accommodate having Chase Young and Montez Sweat. I give you a pretty enthusiastic yes on that one, but he didn't. This is what we're dealing with, and I think for this team, the way they roll out the balls and play, this is, this is a deal that does not fundamentally undercut their chances of winning this year. Michael, how would you grade this trade? We always joke around about you are the professor, Professor Phillips, and you're <laughs> heading to uh, you got a class to teach. So how would you grade this? I'm, I'm going to give it a B plus. I, I think your downside is whoever's in next, whatever general manager's coming next, won't have the opportunity to keep Montez Sweat in the building. And I, I think that's something they wanted to do. And I think that's disappointing to them. They, they weren't able to do that because everybody in the building likes Montez Sweat and thinks highly of him as a player. That's the opportunity cost you give up. Now, what do you get? You get a really good football player, maybe the third or fourth best non-first-round player this next year, and you get him on a rookie deal for four years. There's a ton of upside here. I like the deal. If I were Ron Rivera, I would have signed off on it too. Yeah, you know, we, we there was so much hype when we drafted Montez Sweat, and of course, I loved everyone saying, let's get sweaty for Montez Sweat, and, and he certainly had uh, some productive years here in Washington, but I felt like he never reached the level we all hoped he would, and you could say the same thing about Chase Young, so now he goes to a 2-6 and six Chicago Bears team, and the, you're right, this could be an early second-round pick, but we will always have this play to remember Montez for. Chiefs and Bucks, Bears and Pack. Here's a play made by the defense for the touchdown. Montez Sweat. And if that was, of course, against the Dallas Cowboys, how will you remember Montez Sweat, Michael? Yeah, he, he was. I'm gonna. I think Preston Smith is probably the closest comparable I've got. A guy who, when he left DC, you were like. Man, just, just never quite hit that star potential. Then he went to Green Bay, and he cranked out a bunch of 10-sack seasons. I think we're going to hear a lot from Montez Sweat in the coming years. I think he'll be a very good NFL player for, for many years to come, and uh, I think we'll, uh, we'll run into him on the other side of the field pretty soon. Yeah, I think he would have had more success in Washington if they had gotten holding calls, right? It feels to me, and I get it, I'm a homer, but when I watch this defensive line, it feels like they're getting held every single play, and Sweat and Chase Young never get the respect from the officials that guys like T.J. Watt get. They're not stars like that, right? You know, you gotta, it's the Jordan rules. you got to be a star to get those calls, and uh, I'm glad, glad to hear you've interacted with uh, Greg Young last night as well. He was making that point in his call uh, with, with Grant Paulson yesterday. Uh, you know, I, I think a different system will suit him really well. I, I agree that the holding calls held him back, but I also think this is a system that's not built to allow stars to shine. This is a, you know, very regimented system where you play your role, do your job, right? We come back to the sign. Uh, I think there's a chance he flourishes in an environment in Chicago where he's going to be allowed to go get after the quarterback, maybe a little bit more, pin his ears back. Michael, I don't know about you, but I would not be surprised if the Commanders make another trade. Of course, there's Chase Young, maybe Cam Curl. Uh, We talked about Jonathan Allen yesterday. I don't see that happening. But then Jacoby Brissett is another name I would throw out there. Do the Commanders make another trade today? Uh, A couple pieces of news for you. Jonathan Allen is a full no. I've talked to people inside the building. They literally won't pick up the phone on Jonathan Allen, uh, which I think is the correct call. Uh, The Cleveland Browns are out on Jacoby Brissett. I've had somebody tell me, and uh, that's obviously the landing place there. 
So the fact that, that the Browns are out tells me there's probably not a Jacoby Brissett market brewing, although I would still move him for almost anything if, if a team makes an offer for him. You're absolutely right. Chase Young is still on the block. I don't get the sense that the market has warmed up to Chase Young or is particularly interested, but hey, we still got three and a half hours to go. A lot of time left. This is Crosstalk with Michael Phillips from MP on the mic that you can hear right here on 910 The Fan every day from 10 to noon. We do have uh, about a minute, Michael, if you wanted to share a mischief night story. I did, and uh, so, so my friend Ryan, he worked at Panera Bread, um, and so he got the big bag of, like, the trash bag full of, like, bagels that they were going to throw away, yeah. and he put them in our front yard. He bageled the house, um, which, which, <laughs> is, which is the start. Uh, he did that to a few of us, so for his birthday to get him back, we went to, like, you know the Asian grocery store where you can buy, like, whole fish and stuff like that? Yeah. You know, like, it's, it's not processed or anything. <laughs> we, we bought a bunch of duck heads, um, <laughs> and we put them on sticks, um, and we lined the front of the driveway down to his car for his birthday with duck heads, which we, we like, we're high-fiving each other. It's one in the morning. Like, man, we nailed it. Um, but he didn't wake up first. His girlfriend woke up first, and she had been broken up with the day before, and she thought it was her boyfriend trying to get back at her, oh and God. she called the cops. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> what, is, what does somebody bageling your house look like? It's just, oh, the whole front yard was just sliced bagels, just bagels laid end-to-end. <laughs> so it took, for, took forever to clean up. It was a good one. <laughs> oh, that's a good bit and a good story, Michael. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Have a good show. Yep. You'll hear him tomorrow from 10 to noon. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Happy Halloween, everybody. You know, we're having a Halloween party here at Odyssey Richmond, and I just went downstairs, and we've got pizza, and we've got wings, and We've got sandwiches and stuff. I brought you a plate. What'd you think? Did I take care of you? You did take care of me. Okay. I, I like some za. I like some wings. Yeah. So I'm I'm happy. I'm gonna keep feeding you too. I'm gonna go to, back downstairs in 15 minutes. Get you some brownies. Maybe some cookies. I'm gonna take. We are gonna fill up Stubbs' my, belly. My best days at work are the ones where I get free food. Right. And I, I yes. <laughs> because I feel you. I've been in your shoes when I was working on the sports junkies. I was 22 years old. 22 years old. Right out of VCU. Had no money to my name, and they would get like Papa John's delivered once a week, or Ugh. you know, all, all these like local places, McDonald's and stuff. And I would just fill up on that food, and then go home and say, "Yeah, you know what? I'm not even going to cook tonight. I'm already I'm stuffed for the day." It's really nice. It's really nice. And we got, you know, that free ice cream. Yeah, we ended up getting a full half gallon of Christmas cookie. You know, they were, uh, what else have we had here? There was the, we had tacos the other day, yeah, the some nachos day. and stuff. Oh, yeah. They have been taking care of us the last few weeks here. Yeah, which, they really have. awesome. I mean, we want more food delivery. Oh, yeah. Right? I, <laughs> Those are the I, best. Once a week, I'd love. <laughs> yeah. I'd love some free food. Honestly. Well, you can come out to Capitol Ale, Ale House. I'm there every Monday. Problem is, somebody's got to do your yeah, job. <laughs> right? Um, so, all right. So, of course, we'll be following the. NFL trade deadline throughout the show today. One trade has already happened with the Commanders moving Montez Sweat to the Chicago Bears. And although the Commanders made a trade today, I still feel like inside of that locker room, they believe in each other and they're going to go out and win this weekend against the New England Patriots. 
Ron Rivera's not going to give up on this season. He's not going to just say, hey, I'm done. I'm going to get fired anyway. I'm going to roll over. No. Like Michael Phillips said, he is committed to helping this franchise. Ron wants to be able to say, you know, in two or three years, if the Commanders win a Super Bowl, that, oh, yeah, we we won the Super Bowl with my draft class, with my picks, with my roster. And, and so he's in this for the long run, right? He wants this organization to have success with or without him over the next few seasons. But we'll be following this situation closely as uh, around the NFL, I expect a few trades to go down today. Pro Bowler wide receiver Devontae Adams, Adam Schefter, reports no chance in hell that he will be traded today. Uh, but, of course, there will be several trades. So I, I had a sports fan ask me yesterday. He said, is the NFL trade deadline like Major League Baseball's trade line deadline? Because if you look at the World Series with the Diamondbacks and the Rangers. That's two teams that kind of completely revamped their roster at and around the trade deadline. In the NFL, it's a little different because of how massive the contracts are and and how some of these pieces are such big pieces to a franchise that usually don't get as many deadline day trades. I would say every year it's probably three to four. It's not like the NBA where it could be as much as 20 to 30 guys being traded on the day of the trade deadline. But, of course, you can stay locked to 910 The Fan here for the latest. The Commanders have heavily invested in their defensive line, right? So we've already paid Jonathan Allen and extended him. That's four years, $72 million. This past offseason, I expected the Commanders to move on from Jerron Payne and in would slide Fedarius Mathis, who was the rookie the season before and was injured. Well, they knew that Fedarian Mathis wasn't going to be ready, and so they opted to pay Deron Payne four years, $90 million. Now you have the former second overall pick, Chase Young, in the final year of his deal. All of that played into a role of why Montez Sweat was dealt to Chicago. You know, anybody who watches the NFL should understand you cannot pay four guys that are basically in the same position, in the same role on the defensive line. As good as they might be, you cannot waste money on four different guys. And then because of that, you're stretched with your secondary. You're not able to pay anybody to play linebacker. And you're going to see your offensive line struggle because of all the money allocated to the defensive line. Uh, Michael Phillips told us last segment, don't worry about Jonathan Allen. They're not even picking up the phone. The issue is, is that Jonathan Allen is the guy that you could actually get a first-round draft pick for. But at that point, Point, you're totally in a rebuild mode, and I don't think that's where they want to be, and I don't think that's where Josh Harris wants this franchise to be anyway this season. So um, I'm not that upset about this trade, to be honest, really. I liked Montez Sweat, but like I've been saying, I felt like he never reached his full potential. We never got Montez Sweat to be a guy alongside Chase Young that was going to combine for 20 sacks. Uh, he, he was inconsistent, and I think part of that issue is that he wasn't getting holding calls. And, and in my mind, when I watch the games with my eyes, I see him getting held all the time. He was getting quarterback pressures. He was getting quarterback hits. But you need sacks, and you need game-changing sacks and sack fumbles to be considered one of the top defensive ends and pass rushers in the NFL. So, your Washington Commanders sit at 3-5 and five today with the NFL trade deadline coming up at 4 p.m. And that was already the first move of the day. 
And I would not be surprised if there was a second. We had Chase Young's dad call in to these airwaves yesterday and speak with Grant Paulson of Grant and Danny. And there's a lot to take away from that phone call. Number one, dads are going to be dads. They're going to think highly of their kids. My dad thinks I'm the greatest radio host in the world. I know that's not true at all. But that's what he'll probably tell his friends. And so you kind of understood where Greg Young was coming from when he called in to Grant Danny and he compared his son to Deion Sanders. And Michael Phillips played that clip. We don't need to hear it again because it's just not true. All right. Chase Young does not make the same impact that Deion Sanders made in the NFL. In fact, he doesn't even make the same impact as a guy like TJ Watt or JJ Watt or any of the Bosa brothers. Chase Young has not been as good as we all hoped that he would be when he was drafted number two overall. And part of that issue is that he shouldn't have been drafted number two overall. There was way too much hype surrounding him and the fact that he was a local kid. All that played into him being drafted number two overall by the Washington Commanders. And all the fan base is going to look back and say over and over again that we could have had a quarterback. We could have had Justin Herbert, and that would have been our franchise guy. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in on this trade. 833-804-0910. Let's go back to the phone lines. Line one, it's Raiders fan in Richmond. You're on the fan with AWOD. Hey, what's up, AWOD? Hey, man, hey, before we get to your take, we've got to settle this on air here, all right? I love that you're calling in and you're being a regular caller, but I can't call you Raiders fan. What do your boys call you? What's a nickname, man? Coach. Coach, all right, Coach, what's your thoughts on the Commanders trading Montez Sweat? I think it's, uh, uh, I mean, he's going to Chicago. Uh, I think it was a decent trade for y'all, but I would have traded Chase Young myself. I think you would have got more for Chase. I think Montez can can be dynamic if, he, if he's got another guy on the other side of him, somebody like a Michael Parson or a or even a Max Crosby. Could you imagine him on the other side of Max Crosby? Yeah. Montez Sweat? You know, Chase Chase just not he not he gets pressure. He's just not dominant. You know, he needs to be dominant. And he's uh he's not dead right now. You know, I probably I think I would have kept my tag and, and do, see what I could have got for Chase Young. I think y'all would have got a little more for him. What do you think is the future of Chase Young in the National Football League? Is he a guy that eventually becomes a, a ten sack hero for a defense, or is he a middle of the pack defensive end? I think he's middle of the pack, and for his father to call in and say something about Deion Sanders and Michael Jordan, it, it, you know, it, it's just not there right now. You know, yeah. you can't compare yourself to either one of those guys. Uh, his father said it was like uh, when Deion Sanders played, he was cutting off half the field. Right. That, that, I, I can't see it. I don't see it. I, I, if I was out there, I'd run straight at Chase Young. How do you once think he comes up the field? Yeah. How do you think Chase is handling that? I mean, like. I would be embarrassed. Yeah, I would be embarrassed too myself, man. But I don't know their relationship. Maybe he, you know, maybe he's not. Maybe he's, uh, you know, that type of father. Maybe he's been in that that type of situation before, like RG three father. Like, yeah, you know, at least he can go to, go up in the locker room. He just made a call, you know. Yeah. Well, the interesting part about the call was that he did not think that people who have not played football should be able to comment on his son. And I get that I get that to a point. Like, I get the fact that you're going to take it more seriously if a former Defensive Player of the Year speaks up on Chase Young. Like, if J.J. Watt started talking to him. But to Grant's defense, like, he studies the game. 
And he's paid for a living, just like myself, to give our opinion on Chase Young. So where did you weigh in on that, Coach? Um, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, that's what y'all paid to do, give you an opinion. But, uh, you know, he was coming from a parent stance. You know, a parent always going to protect their child. Yeah. And, you know, he, and that's pretty much he was, what he was doing. He, was, he took a defense. And what uh, the gentleman said about his son, and he made a call. You know, that's just pretty much what I see it. Yeah, and, and that's why I think it's gotten too personal with Chase, uh, with the fact that they drafted a guy to try to make him this local hero uh, out of the DMV, and it just it has not worked out. And I wouldn't be surprised if he was traded later today, would you? Um, I don't got uh, no, I don't got y'all trading him now because y'all traded Montez, who, who you know, you know. Um, who you gonna put out there on those you know, on them bookends? You know, I'm yeah. not sure who else y'all got coming coming behind those guys. So right now, now nah, y'all not in a position to trade Chase Young. I would have went on to the uh, offensive side. Y'all offensive side is dynamic. Some of them guys are dynamic. They just not getting the ball. Uh, what's uh, Curtis Samuels? I know he hurt right now, but y'all been using him. But uh, a couple, you know, I think y'all could spare a guy off y'all off one of y'all wide receivers or your running backs. I think you could trade one of those guys. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they moved on from Antonio Gibson. I appreciate the call, man. Thanks a lot. Yes, sir. Yep. Phone lines are open throughout the show. 833-804-0910. We're reacting to the Montez sweat trade, and we'll let you know if the commanders make another trade before today's 4 p.m. deadline. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Happy Halloween, everybody. You know, I was thinking, like, what's the best costume I've ever worn? Stop. I felt really proud about my my Prince Charming costume from my junior year at VCU. I, I felt really good about it. I, like, uh, it came with, like, some ab muscles and some biceps. Oh, you, so you got to love was, the costume with those. Right? I yeah. was, like, I looked like legit Prince Charming. Now, I did not find Cinderella. You did not charm. I did not, no. <laughs> I'm just maybe I'm just not a charming guy. I would disagree with that. I think <laughs> thank, you're a charming guy, thank you, Adam. Thank you, Stubb. I appreciate. It. What's your What's the best costume you've ever? I come really up have with? to think about it. Okay. You know, uh, uh, well, hold I'm, that thought. We'll get back will, to you yeah. later. Uh, the Commanders have traded Montez Sweat to the Chicago Bears. We're reacting to that right now. Phone lines are open eight three three eight zero four zero nine ten. Let's go to James in Richmond. James, you're on the fan. What were your thoughts on the trade? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, I, I like the trade. I honestly thought that when Ron made that comment on the uh, press yesterday, it was somehow foiling whatever behind-the-scenes actions the you know the new ownership group was taking. But I actually like it. You know, we couldn't re-sign Chase or Montez at the end of the year, and if we were let both walk at the end of the year, um, I think we would have gotten a third-round pick. So I, I actually like it, a high second-round pick. And I think we have three picks in the top 50 for this coming draft. So I actually pretty – I like it a lot, and uh, – you know, there's my thoughts. Yeah, no, and, and here's the thing is I'm with you because we could have traded him to any team in the league, but they chose wisely picking the 2-6 and six Chicago Bears. That second-round pick is going to be so early, it might be like the 35th pick in the draft. Yeah, yeah, of course, and, you know, we need the high draft picks because I, I agree. I don't think anybody here in D.C. wants a total rebuild, and, uh, you know, letting them walk or starting to trade major assets would just end up being a rebuild and, you know, with the new ownership group coming in and Josh Harris wanting to win now, I think this kind of sets us up to start winning and keeping a core of the team together, especially that D-line. You know, if we keep Chase, you know, we got Payne and uh, Allen re-signed. 
you know, to long-term contracts. I think that just helps bolster our defense. And if we get some good pieces added, then, you know, hopefully we can make a run or start to make a run next year. Hopefully. James, let me throw out a few names. You tell me yes or no if you would trade them today before 4 p.m. We'll start with running back Antonio Gibson. Yes. Oh, you would trade him. Could, uh, I would. I, I, I just think that, uh, you know, with, again, I don't know if he's got the fumbling issues cleaned up. I mean, it seems like he has, but uh, I think with Antonio Gibson, he's a dynamic piece. And I, I guess if we could get like a, a third or fourth, maybe a high third back for him, I think it would be worth it. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I was also thinking Jacoby Brissett. I think, you know, with Minnesota's losing Kirk Cousins, we could probably get another second-round pick. I don't think we'd get a first for him, but, you know, if, if that was in the talks, then I, I think we should definitely pull the trigger on that one, too. Would you trade Cam Curl? No. Definitely need to re-sign him now. I yeah. think he's a major that defense that we need to keep. I, I agree, man. I appreciate the call. Thanks for chiming in, James. Thank you. Yep. Let's go to line three real quick. John in Richmond. John, what were your thoughts on the commander's trade? I like the trade. Um, you, you wouldn't be able to re-sign both of them. And you wouldn't, I don't think you would have got as much value for Chase Young that, that you would get for uh, what we got for Montez Sweat. Um, but also, the, you don't know if, the, if the, the two big guys in the middle may be a product of the, uh, the productivity of, of both of those ends, of either one of those ends. I mean, you know, if you got two all-world defensive tackles, it makes it a little bit easier to get one-on-one blocking on the end. But um, I, don't, I just don't think you, got, you had offers for, for Montez Sweat. You didn't have any for Chase Young. So I don't understand why people keep saying they would have traded Chase Young instead when you didn't have any offers for him. Yeah. No, I'm with you. So the boys up front with Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen, do you do you think those guys are legit defensive tackles in the NFL? You think they are getting uh, one-on-one coverage for the guys on the outside? I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure they are. I mean, it's, it's evident every week. They, they, get more, they get pressured, I mean, up there with like Aaron Donald. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying they're on Aaron Donald's level, but – they get in the backfield pretty often for a defensive tackle. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree with both of them. I think for some reason this year I've seen more of Deron Payne in the highlights, but I, I think Jonathan Allen is still definitely doing his job. Exactly. And also with the Chase Young thing, you don't, I mean, when they get a, a new a defensive coaching staff in there, you don't know if they'll be able to unlock some of his potential that, you know, that we know he has coming out of college as the number two pick overall. Yeah. I'm with you, man. Good call. I appreciate you chiming in, man. All right. Thank you. Yep. Phone lines are open throughout the show, 833-804-0910. Joining us right now, though, on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline from the Richmond Times-Dispatch, it's Mike Barber. What's going on, Mike? Not much. Just getting ready for Halloween. Absolutely. So uh, let's start real quick by recapping the game that you covered. I believe you were at JMU ODU. Yeah, I, I was uh, at Tech Thursday night and JMU Saturday, and uh, just another uh, you know great performance I thought by by Tech uh, by by JMU's defensive line, uh, their ability to get after quarterbacks is pretty unparalleled right now and uh, disruptive. They started the game with a sack, they ended the game with a sack, they had a sack for a safety in the middle, so. Uh, you know that's a unit right now that that JMU can really lean into, uh, especially in close ball games. I mean, yeah, because 
It, it seems like a lot of has been made about the quarterback, Jordan McLeod, and Reggie Brown, the wide receiver. But over the last few weeks, it's definitely been the defense that's led the way for JMU. So now that they keep winning, I mean, how big is this story going to get, Mike? What is the latest with the argument that JMU should be allowed to play in a bowl game? Yeah, there's really no argument, right? I mean, the, the NCAA has its rule. Uh, do I agree with it? No. Do I think it's stupid? Yes. Do I think they should just meet in a room, huddle up, and say this is stupid and fix it? But that's not the way their organization is put together. And so there's really nothing that's going to happen. What's going to happen is the more JMU keeps winning uh, and the more you realize that uh, these players are going to miss out, that the Sun Belt is going to miss out on a – a massive, you know, potential payday uh, if you're talking about JMU finishing as the top, uh, you know, group of five team and, and what, what they would have been entitled to in terms of uh, bowl money. Uh, it's going to be a bigger story, but the end result, I don't think anything's going to change here. Mike, what did we learn from the Hokies' 38-10 to win over Syracuse? I mean, from start to finish, they dominated. Yeah, I, I thought so. And, and it shows that what we're seeing week in, week out is real and sustainable. Uh, this offense with Kyron Drones at quarterback, the offensive line has improved. They're learning to run the ball the traditional way. They've got some big play pop at receiver uh, with Drones going to Daquan Felton. So I think we're really seeing that, that it's legit. And then defensively, just like we said with JMU, this defensive front for Virginia Tech is wrecking game plans. Uh, Antoine Powell Ryland, the transfer from Florida, has been as disruptive a defensive end, maybe as there is in Power 5 football, certainly in the ACC. I mean, he's just on the quarterback play after play. But really the whole defense has improved the play of the linebackers, uh, Keontae Jenkins. You know, they've got teams in a lot of third and seven, third and eight, third and nine, when they're able to get after the quarterback, pin their ears back, and then APR is getting those guys on the ground. How tough is this game going to be this Saturday against number 15 Louisville? I think before the season, most of us expect this to be a very winnable game. Now it's a nightmare, right? Yeah, it's wild. I mean, Louisville just puts athletes all over the field. I was telling my colleague David Teal, they remind me of those 1990s Miami teams with a lot of speed on offense and defense playmakers, and it just feels like every four or five snaps somebody's going to do something with their speed and athleticism to really impact the game. That being said, hey, if Virginia Tech can find a way – to win at Louisville, where the Cardinals have been very good at home, uh, to me, they're the favorite uh, to reach the ACC title game and play Florida State. I think we all put the Seminoles there in Charlotte, and and they're clearly the class of the league. But uh, I think the winner of this game is the team that goes on to play in Charlotte. Now, I do think you give Louisville the edge in terms of who wins Saturday. No, you're right, but I mean, if Tech could pull off just one more upset and get this win over Louisville, this would be massive for this program. Yeah, absolutely. But, and I think even if they don't, I think what they've been able to do since the one and three start, I think that regardless of what happens Saturday, they're in position to win a few more games down the stretch. I think they'll be back in a bowl game. I think that's just major progress, um, you know, for a program that the people were taking. We've, you and I have talked about this, right? A wait and see approach with Brent Pry. Well, I think what we're seeing right now is some pretty darn good results. Mike, always appreciate you taking the time, man. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Happy Halloween. Yep, that's Mike Barber. Read his work online, richmond.com. Check out the podcast, Teal and Barber, covering all things ACC. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan.